everyone. Thanks for joining. I can see some attendees rolling in right now. Um, I just want to say hello and I uh, hope all of you are staying safe and those of yours and your loved ones are, are keeping well. Um, I am going to wait for uh, one or two minutes just to see some more people roll in and then uh, we'll get started. And I'm excited to show you how you can help transition some of your exams to take home projects. So uh, just relax, uh, wait around for a few minutes and then we'll get started. All right, so uh, we're gonna get started. Uh, like I said, thanks again for joining and I hope you guys are all keeping well and safe during these really interesting times. So um, uh, welcome. Uh, so this webinar today is the fourth uh, edition of the series that uh, Critic, our company puts on. So today we'll be covering uh, essentially how we can transition from exams to take home projects. Um, so if we're, let's move forward into the agenda and take a look and see uh, what this next 10 to 15 minutes are gonna look like. So uh, I'll be giving you guys a brief introduction into Critic and what we do here. Uh, essentially going to be looking at, um, you know, where we came from, how we help students and professors and why we're presenting these webinars uh, to give you guys some tips during these remote training and remote learning situations. Uh, we'll then go into, you know, the necessity of final exams, seeing, you know, how they're working effectively and, and whether they're important in terms of developing students' learning. I'll go through then some alternative options, some examples, as well as some real uh, uses of alternative assessments within Critic uh, from some professors who have been using our platform for some time. And uh, I'll also discuss some online technology that can really aid you moving forward. Given the uncertainty of the circumstances now, we will most likely be educating and teaching uh, within you know, the next semester and the semester after that. And then we're also really lucky to have uh, Dr. Aaron Panda, who's a professor of human and child studies at the University of Brock, uh, who's also a, a cognitive psychologist. And she's gonna be discussing with us how she uses Critic to administer and assess alternative assessments. Uh, so that being said, we're going to look at the necessity, uh, sorry, the intro of Critic. We're going to see, uh, so Critic, for those of you who don't know, is we're basically a year and a half old. We're essentially a peer-to-peer -peer learning platform that aims to develop the critical thinking in students. Uh, so for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, educational technology, Critic's CEO and founder, most, Dr. Mohsen Shahini, actually created the company called Top Hat about 10 or so years ago. And, you know, he aimed in his experience as an educator to improve uh, the effectiveness and engagement of students in the classroom. So uh, over his 10 year, uh, 10 year duration as the CEO and founder of uh, Top Hat, he found that students' critical thinking skills weren't being developed enough from year to year. And so he, he created Critic. Uh, to, with the help of Bloom's taxonomy and the vehicle of peer-to-peer peer, peer -peer evaluation to essentially develop and, and help uh, in, reinforce those critical thinking skills. So you'll see throughout the presentation a few examples of how critics being used and, and uh, how it can relate to some of those take-home assessments. Uh, so moving forward, let's discuss the necessity of final exams. So when we talk about final exams, you know, it's a pretty traditional method of collecting assessments. Um, you know, students uh, have been for the last 50 hundreds of years have been kind of looking at exams and these final assessments to essentially collect feedback uh, data 
and give them a mark for their course. But, uh, you know, it's not necessarily positive uh, in all aspects. When you look at, for example, the consistency of your students, uh, some students, you know, have a negative association with uh, final exams, right? The research has shown that uh, there is increased anxiety and depression, as well as increased recreational drug use when it comes to uh, students during the exam preparation and exam period. So understanding that, you know, your students aren't necessarily going to benefit or or prosper during these times is, is pretty important, uh, especially when it comes to the quality of marking. Uh, I myself have been in a very unique uh, opportunity where I am currently a student, an educator, and a researcher on undergraduate learning. And so, uh, you know, seeing how exams affect you as a student, as an evaluator when it comes to marking, because the turnaround on the marking period is so short, the quality of the marking definitely decreases, uh, especially as you're under these tight deadlines. And so uh, you're not also providing enough feedback for the student to be able to revise upon. And so when it comes to exams being a representation of the material they learned, uh, going from a course through the years, you know, when you get to a third or fourth year course, you're hoping that the courses prior were strong prerequisite material and that the students learned enough in those courses, but you find that exams are just regurgitation of material and the students haven't necessarily displayed uh, their ability and demonstration of the knowledge of that topic. And that brings us to the summative versus formative assessment types, right? So summative assessments are usually what midterms and finals are, right? They're used at the end of the learning process and they evaluate student learning against some benchmark, whether that's a grade, an average, and it usually is heavily weighted. And that's where critic comes in. You know, we want to develop that formative evaluative process. We want, you know, formative assessments are used throughout the learning process. They provide iterative feedback and they're dialogue based. They don't necessarily need to relate to grades. Um, and they essentially identify gaps and misunderstandings in the learning process. They're really, really helpful for demonstrating whether a student has the knowledge. And if they don't, you can address it through iteration and feedback. And it, you know, it's, it's more interesting to students and it's more motivating for them. So they might even be more engaged with that material. And so you'll see that a poll just popped up and feel free to answer that and, and, and we'll love to track those results as well. So moving on uh, to the next slide here. Um, you know, you here are quite a few options just in terms of a list uh, to exams, right? So first we need to understand what is an alternative assignment? How is it authentic? And they are referred to authentic or alternative assessments, which means it's an alternative to standard tests and exams, and it provides a true evaluation of what the student has learned. And it goes beyond the acquired knowledge to focus on what the student has actually learned by looking at the application of the knowledge. Uh, so for example, you know, case analysis is a very strong method of an alternative option to an exam. It doesn't necessarily have one right answer and it shows a student's thought process and their ability to engage with the material and make their own recommendations based on evidence-based analysis. Um, alternative forms of assessment can allow you to see what student can and cannot do versus what they do and do not know. And they tend to evaluate applied proficiency rather than measuring knowledge, right? So allowing for the problem solving and reflective steps uh, rather than merely providing facts as answers to specific questions. So um, even looking at you know, this entire list on the right, I won't go through all of them, but the ones that are highlighted are really interesting ways you can engage your students and get them to develop some of those skills in terms of formative assessments and even assigning it and combining it with a summative assessment. There's no, they can be combined and streamlined together to provide goals in both types. 
And you want to ensure that you know, you're addressing the learning objectives of what you've set out in your course outline. It's important for students right at the beginning of their course to understand uh, what's being asked of them and what their takeaways from a course are. So aligning them with uh, the assessments that you plan to deliver uh, is really important. And you should also, there's no harm in involving the students in asking them what kind of assessments they want to see. You know, some students <laughs> might not necessarily be as keen to provide feedback on that, but I, they, research shows that when students are involved in that process and you democratize education within the classroom, uh, they do have a higher uh, self readiness to prepare and, and want to engage with that material more. Uh, so that is something to consider. And now I'll, I'll jump into some real actual uh, cases of some alternative assessments. Uh, really briefly, I'll touch upon, you know, some of the differences here uh, between traditional assessment and alternative assessments. Uh, you know, for the sake of time, I won't go through each one, but this resource will be available to all of you for download later. And you can essentially see uh, the differences between your own assessments and uh, what an alternative assessment could do and how it could make that authentic. And so, uh, this first example is an actual real life example from one of the professors that uses critics. So, uh, you know, due to remote learning and to the ineffectiveness of monitoring and proctoring an exam, uh, he essentially, this professor assigned an essay to his students. So uh, it's, there's several that he, he broke it down into several essays that they could do. And he essentially focused on their understanding of a particular topic their experience with software that they'll need in the future in their careers, as well as their, to demonstrate their knowledge on evaluating uh, and their peers, as well as logically explaining using an evidence-based approach. So uh, he uses Critic to essentially get them to evaluate each other, but also lays out these objectives for students very clearly so they're aware of what they can see from their peers. And uh, you know, for them to all be assigned the same assignment and then to reflect on that assignment is very, very important uh, for their own learning as well as, you know, back to make democratizing that education experience, having them involved and empowered with that uh, sort of essay in a way that a term paper could never address. And so the next example uh, would be a PowerPoint. Uh, it, you know, a PowerPoint uh, presentation can still occur within remote learning. There are tons of technologies like Zoom's present feature where you can still get the students to engage. Um, but in this case, within Critic, he once again laid out his objectives very clearly, and the students have the ability to a deep, provide a demonstration of their understanding of a topic, and students also get to reflect upon their peers' presentations as well. And, uh, you know, every, moving on to the next example, there are some courses that aren't necessarily uh, that open-ended and do require some more quantitative work. And so if you were planning to administer small midterms or uh, take home assignments with real answers, this is another example of, you can see on the right-hand side, highlighted in pink, that you can decide the schedule of when students are going to be submitting their work and as well when they can evaluate each other. And if you provide them an answer key, they can then take care uh, of that process and learn where they made their mistakes. It's not as simple as receiving a mark in the way that a regular test or midterm would be, um, but they get to also see how their peers do it and, and develop some of those evaluative skills. And so um, looking to the next example, uh, we wanna make sure that you guys have the blueprint to develop uh, these kind of assignments, right? You should be understanding that it is not as easy as just che checking a list and, and taking an example, but there are a lot of uh, processes that go into it. So first and foremost, you need to ensure that you're defining an instructional goal. 
Uh, so you want to define a concrete and unambiguous instructional outcome or goal that you want to assess. And subject matter and skills and the process of operations matters uh, here as well. Uh, just like we saw in those examples, the students being able to clearly see their objectives of what they're expected to do and what they're expected to know is very helpful uh, and helps determine their success. And for you, the next step would be to define those parameters of assessment. Uh, so define what can be assessed uh, in terms of performance and what can be assessed through objective uh, measures as well. So there are some limitations with remote learning um, that kind of inhibit your ability to, to develop uh, you know, some quality uh, assignments. But if you go into the semester with a fresh slate and with some fresh planning, you can see what will work. And uh, you know, going on to the next stage, when you create that assignment, uh, and then you define your role and help the students in terms of learning independently, uh, you will can then iterate from semester to semester, from assignment to assignment, and moving forward, determine what works best. So when you really think about it, you know, hopefully within the coming months or years, we can return to a new normal of education and of learning. Um, but the silver lining here in terms of education is that if something works well and develops the learning goals for your students, uh, why not try to incorporate that in the future? Uh, this could be a really great opportunity to try things you never would have previously done, um, especially with all the responsibilities that you have. Uh, you now have a very interesting opportunity to try new things when it comes to assignments. Um, and yeah, so that being said, there are different types of technology that you can use uh, to assist in the delivery of alternative assessments. So first and foremost, the most popular would be the Zoom breakout feature where you can essentially have students uh, divvy up into groups within Zoom and then you can jump in to each group to see how work's going. So that works really well for like, to simulate class discussions within groups or even presentations, uh, things like that. As you've seen in this presentation, uh, Critic uh, for alternative assessment is a really popular method of engaging students and at least creating some sort of a a classroom environment by getting them to interact with their peers. Um, and that's something that evaluative skills are really necessary when it comes to the workforce or to higher education. Uh, and students uh, lack that kind of skill when it comes to undergraduate education for sure. And you should also be consulting your school's LMS system. So you would be contacting your school's Center of Teaching and Learning, Academic Excellence, and you know whether it be Canvas, uh, Desire to Learn, Moodle, Blackboard, uh, what have you, you know, your, your school's department will be able to shed some light on what some, uh, some tools you can use within those systems. They are quite complex. And I also included this, uh, this Google uh, Doc uh, spreadsheet here that essentially breaks down um, a ton of different disciplines and as well as what technology specifically works for them. So you can see math, biology, geology, psychology, and has, this is a resource put together by hundreds of professors from their own experience. And like I said, uh, you will all have access to download this PowerPoint. And this is a really helpful full tool to, to see what technology works in some of your colleagues or some of your peers in those same dis disciplines uh, and how it could help you. Um, so that being said, uh, now I'd like to introduce uh, Dr. Erin Panda. She's an assistant professor in the Department of Child Studies at Brock. And, uh, you know, she knows quite a bit about learning. So I'll be very excited to hear uh, her experience thus far and, and how uh, she's been using take-home assessments. So hi, Erin. Thanks for joining us again. How are you Hi. Doing I'm fine, thank you. Thanks Great. for having me here. 
Yeah, great. Um, so I think, you know, just based on your research, as well as your use of critic, you know, you do have some experience when it comes to understanding development, as well as uh, take home assessments. So, uh, you know, this semester was a rough one. It was a transition midway for most professors. So uh, could you detail your experience this semester with online assessments and how your final take home final was changed? Um, sure. Um, well, I teach two courses. This, I taught two courses this term. Uh, one was a large class of about 300 students, second year um, methods course, research methods course. The other one was a smaller fourth year class, and that was the class that I use Critic mostly for. Um, the um, fourth year class really wasn't actually changed that much um, by us going online. We were able to hold our last uh, few seminars by Zoom and um, the students uh, prepared, uh, rather than giving a presentation, they prepared a YouTube video and we were able to have our um, continue as normal. Um, for that course, that's the course that I've used Critic throughout the course and um, which didn't really change that much. Um, and maybe in a minute I can talk about what was great about that. Um, yeah. For the other large class, we had a final exam uh, that I then offered through Top Hat as a take home exam. Okay, nice. And do you think that um, that was an effective, like I know it was like kind of a, a resource you needed to do because of the situation, but do you think after everything was over, um, will it shed some insight on what you can maybe do to improve your final exam moving forward or would you rather keep it the same way it is? Um, well, I think this really gets into um, what kind of learning that you want your, your students engage in. So um, the final exam for my larger class was a multiple choice exam, which really gets at, are they understanding the facts? <laughs> can, they, can they indicate that they can apply it to a situation in a multiple choice kind of situation? Um, what critic I think really allows is to get at that higher level of learning and allows um, students to it allows a platform, I think, for students to be able to um, describe their thoughts in their own words and to be able to uh, share their ideas with each other and to learn from each other. And um, also the evaluating of each other's work, I, I think, is a really, really unique and um, useful learning experience for students. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like speaking about the student experience, can you take us back to when you were still a student and you were kind of doing assignments and term papers. So how did you feel about those final examinations uh, when you were a student? Well, um, I can remember actually the final essays being the, the uh, frustrating bit because, you know, you put so much work into your, um, into your final essay and it never uh, sees the light of day again. <laughs> you know, you get one mark back, one number, and, and that is all you can show of your learning. Um, the way that I used critic throughout the term was um, to, to break up that final essay into multiple steps so that uh, students could get feedback and um, could, could, you know, develop their ideas and had the opportunity to improve throughout the term. Uh, so, for example, an outline was due halfway through the course that students then, um, which I had on critic, so students would read each other's and give each other feedback even at the outline stage. Um, they had a, a first draft that um, went through a peer review um, with each other and, and that I think with learning, we also use Critic every week um, for small assignments and I think that 
continual buildup of learning how to express your ideas and how it's taken by other people and um, and what others are maybe taking out of what you're conveying in the world. I think that that really allowed for this this scaffolding to happen so that um, when they handed in their final essay, which in the end was just marked by me, there had been all of those opportunities for growth throughout the way. Right. And I'm sure that that would have helped their process in terms of writing developments, in, even in the short term in that course, and hopefully for courses moving forward. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank you again, uh, Aaron, for jumping on here. We are going to wrap My up. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, for everyone listening, thank you again for joining. And uh, uh, in terms of next steps, we'll be in contact with all of you individually and feel free to reach out to us and, and check out Critic's website to see some stories about how some props are using it and to hear some similar experiences to, to Aaron's. So, uh, like I said, thanks again and we'll be in touch and thank you, Aaron. My pleasure. Thank you and all the best to everybody. Right. Take care. Bye-bye.